Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Life, the one and only show on the internet that dares to ask the question... Um, what do we think about dragons? What do we think about space lasers? What do we think about books and movies and television and all sorts of sort of wonderful things? I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, here coming at you online um, from the safety of my home, along with DorksideOfTheForce.com editor Mia Johnson. Mia Johnson, we are wearing both maroon tops today. We are. Which I love the color maroon. I think it's very (laughs) distinguished. I think it's very regal. And if I could wear it all the time, I would. And maybe I will. How about you? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a good, nice kind of fall, winter color. So I was like, you know what? Let me get this color in, you know, before it's spring. And then we're out in pastels and all that other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pick up my pastel wardrobe. Anyway, um, thanks for joining us out there, y'all. I see some of you up there. If you have any comments, questions, queries, thoughts, passing notions, drop them in the comments. We'd love to read them. We'd love to have them love to respond to them. And beyond that, why don't we strike into the news while the news is hot? Mia, right. I thought we'd start with some good old-fashioned Game of Thrones news. Well, Game of Thrones adjacent news. <laughs> um, George R.R. R. Martin author of the Song of Ice and Fire series, creator of the show known as Game of Thrones, has, um, you know, an overall deal with HBO. He's <laughs> he's not just an author. He's a producer. He is a, a science fiction fantasy aficionado. He is a historian of all oh, things yes. dorky. And um, he announced, or it was announced, and he had a quote, that he's producing a new program for HBO. And I, I just want to say right up before we get into any diciness, like I really wouldn't read this too far into why isn't he working on the Winds of Winter just because <laughs> this deal has been in place for years and years. And maybe you could argue it shouldn't be there, but I'm not going to. We'll see what happens yeah. as we discuss this. Basically, and I don't think produ- it's not like it's going to be in the writer's room or anything like actually like like, oh, that costume's good. That actor is bad. Like. You kind of want his name in it. Anyway, yeah. he is producing for HBO an adaptation of a novel by famed sci-fi fantasy author Roger Zelazny, who is best known for his Chronicles of Amber series, I believe, which I have not read, but I, I know of its reputation in the fantasy community, okay. called Roadmaps for HBO. Um, he's been teaming up with HBO on a lot of stuff lately, because obviously, you know, Game of Thrones, HBO, signature series, they want more of what Martin has to offer. Roadmaps is a, oh God, I think it was like a 1979-ish book about a road that travels through time. And there is a man who is traveling on it, and he kind of stops off at various different time periods, you know, visits ancient Rome, goes to medieval times. Gets his uh, bequet in various eras and places, 
is like assassinated or tried to be assassinated by like Nero and Napoleon and like various <laughs> historical figures um, in search of a a time period he only half remembers searching mm. for that elusive spot where everything will be right again. Sounds like, isn't that be... like the, the plot of Quantum Leap? Or isn't, is that what that old show is called? You know, always trying to find his way back home. <laughs> that definitely exists. Oh, it says road marks. What did I say? <laughs> did I say road I maps? It's road, definitely well, okay, road okay, marks. Okay. Sorry. Road marks. <laughs> yes, it is road marks. But you know... That's very close to roadmaps. I mean, I, I'm not going to apologize. I refuse to apologize. I will not back down from this. It's called roadmaps. That's just the way it is. Um, anyway, new sci-fi. So, you know, and George R. R. Martin is, you know, like very old and has read a lot of books mm-hmm. in those many years. Like he is definitely a big nerd into this stuff. Like yeah. he's a writer, you know, like and he, he knew these people like he knew. Oh, God. Um, Zelazny. When um, he was alive, I believe he passed um, past couple of decades sometime. And he has a, a pretty good appreciation for the sort of older guard sci-fi fantasy um, pillars um, mm-hmm. of kind of that came before. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me that he'd be interested in something like this because yeah. he definitely has like a connection to those like older like philip k dick um who are other uh, uh heinlein old-timey authors who he, he like had lunch with when in his youth <laughs> wow <laughs> and now he's um kind of honoring them by bringing tv shows to hbo what do you think of this idea yeah i mean it sounds pretty good it sounds almost kind of like i said like i'm sure it's it's quantum leap i never really watched it myself but um that a little bit of doctor who right you're going and traveling throughout time and throughout history i don't think there's probably any other show that does it better um there's that daniel radcliffe show i think yeah miracle where workers. they're yeah, yeah where they're back in time it looks kind of interesting but um it does look kind of fun i never actually watched it but it looks fun yeah uh so yeah with this i'm like i don't see why not and especially him as a producer it kind of just means even like the you know, J.J. Abrams will be a producer or something, or Jordan Peele, like, right. produce Lovecraft Country. So it's kind of like, you know, your name is on there. You're backing it with, like, you know, finances or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's it's worth kind of being like, well, why aren't you writing? Why are you working on this series? I, you know, I think he's just attached just enough to hopefully still be doing all of his writing. I just wanted to head that off because I know that's like the go-to <laughs> place. And understandably yeah. for a lot of fans, we saw it when we f- first shared the news, but interesting stuff. Christian's a fan of Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap is awesome. I don't think it's quite that. It's it's like maybe Quantum Leap combined with um the Incredible Hulk road trip from place to place. <laughs> yeah. It's like a good road trip show. Um, but yeah, I'd watch it. He's also, it's something that show he's working on too. He's also teaming up with Tessa Thompson to adapt for HBO again, a much Ooh. newer, uh, sci-fi novel, Who Fears Death by, um, Nnedi Okarafor, which is kind of like a set in like a post-apocalyptic Sudan where the Ooh. heroine has like magical powers to take down her sorcerer father. That's a much, much newer, um, sci-fi book. Yeah. That he's also producing with Tessa Thompson now signed on for that. So he's a couple so he's a couple irons in the fire. That one sounds pretty good too. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like the moment you said Tessa Thompson, I was already like, I know. <laughs> yes. I figured Hello, you, you have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that also reminds me of kind of like after I saw Black Panther, and that's been. I think it's like this year's three years old, which I refuse to believe, but <laughs> it got me wondering, you know, like when will we have more stories set, you know, in African countries like Wakanda, you know, of course is fictional, but still within supposedly the continent. Um, I was like, yeah, there's just so much you can do. Um, you know, you've got this whole mass of land on earth that has basically just been kind of <laughs> looked over and there's stuff out, you know, Asian mythology and Greek and all those things. I'm like, yeah, let's get some African mythology going, um, fantasy going in this area. And I think you can really do some great things because it's just untapped potential. I agree fully. And I have some more points about it um, that we will discuss right after we have a brief word from our sponsor. Support for Take the Black Lives provided by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your sensitive grooming needs assuming you have them because i know many of you don't listen to this but if you do and if you're interested in joining this very comfortable easy breezy down there brotherhood we have an exclusive offer 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscape.com to illustrate manscape was kind enough to send us some samples we have the manscaped razor which is what you use to make the magic happen we have manscaped deodorant to make sure everything smells pleasant after the procedure. And finally, there's Manscaped Toner, to make sure everything is toned. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code FANSIDED20. All right, yeah. Um, There is... (laughs) Thank you, Christian. Um, I'll try to do something different for next time. There is definitely a... I think like a groundswell of newer sci-fi fantasy authors who are doing things set in um, Africa. Like I just read a book. Oh God, I can never remember names. One's the most important to me. Um, A couple of books called The Rage of Dragons Mm -hmm. from the Burning Trilogy by an author who I know grew up, I think in South Africa and the Africans said there are a bunch of kind of interesting ones on the way we once did like a big slider on like kind of 10 top sci-fi books written by black authors and it got a pretty big Mm -hmm. response and there's a lot out there and i feel like that is like a rising tide because i see a bunch of projects in the work about that who fears death being one of them and yeah i mean it will be cool to get because you know fantasy can kind of get caught in like a medievally rut like medieval (laughs) england and sci-fi can kind of get caught in like a um spaceships and lasers or else zombies yeah. and there there are definitely not that like i mean I, I just said the book i read was called the rage of dragons like you can use dragons in your <laughs> african fantasy book too um and that guy does but uh one of the best things about it was like the like just a wholly different setting than what i was used to and it was like yeah. that was exciting in and of itself so it's cool to see some other perspectives coming in and i like that he's doing like here's a total old guard like 79 old kind of writer and now here's a brand new one who's doing something kind of new with it and uh making both shows out of it yeah that seems really really cool um they didn't say so it's not the show doesn't have like a home yet does it hbo oh, okay it does okay so it's like it sounds like an hbo show <laughs> and like yeah, you know yeah tessa HBO. thompson has done westworld and so it kind of oh that makes together. sense yeah 
Yeah, so looking forward to that. And again, I mean, uh, I think it's too early to tell if we should be mad at George R. R. Martin for not doing writing Earth. It's just, <laughs> I think they want his name because, you know, Game of Thrones is huge. So they want, like, yeah. to put from producer George R. R. Martin, but I, he's not yeah. going to be, like, you know, in the nitty gritty or anything. Yeah. Here's okay. some money. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all pretty interesting stuff. Looking forward to that. Also, um, I believe you want to talk about some superhero-themed happenings around the world. Mia, um, what news from the Snyder Cut part of the internet? Yeah, well, there was a Vanity Fair article that came out um, a couple of days ago. Um, and I found it really fascinating. A lot of people, this came on February 22nd. And I saw a lot of buzz about this article in particular because uh, apparently it went, yeah, it was long. And apparently it went really in depth kind of in the story of Zack Snyder, what was going on with his life, you know, around the making of this film. And then kind of how did we get to the Snyder cut today? What's going on? Um, And yeah, it had interviews with Zack Snyder, his wife, Deborah Snyder, um, Ray Fisher, who's been, you know, all over the news as well. We talked about him. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the biggest takeaway to me, um, did you get a chance to read through the whole thing? I read through a lot of it. I did not read like deep, deep read. (laughs) Yeah. Every word there. There was some skimming involved. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, well, the biggest takeaway. I read the whole thing, though, technically. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Did you do your homework, Dan? (laughs) But no, to me, the biggest takeaway from this, and I think everyone was talking about, was this really humanized Zack Snyder. Because for the last couple of years, and I'm I'm guilty of doing this too, is kind of using him as like this whipping bag of like, oh, your movie was a failure. Or, you know, you Batman v Superman you know, it was a failure to launch, then followed by the Justice League. And now they kind of had to like restructure the whole DCU after this. Um, but then it's like you get this kind of this side of his story where you learn about his um, daughter who, you know, he lost. And I didn't know his daughter, you know, I, I committed suicide. I didn't right. I didn't know that. That's I'm like, that's awful. And I feel bad for him. Um and then you learn about all these other things about how he's kind of being watched because he's making all these wacky creative decisions and it's really offbeat. Um, and so I was wondering for you, after reading this and this, you know, kind of humanized Zack Snyder, do you think that we should be a little more lenient on the Justice League and the Snyder cut? Hell no. Um, no, I like I always thought that um, Zack Snyder is like is this is this figure where like he does seem like a really nice person, like apparently people like working with him. Like um, I, I, I've heard nothing bad like from his sets. I did know about the the story about his daughter committing suicide and then him leaving the caution with. Of course, it's a tragedy and horrible. My problem has always been with his work, like. <laughs> He he seems like a delightful person. I'm not saying that's not true, mm-hmm. but um, his work has often been crap. And I mean, not not just crap. Like he he he's a guy who has um, uh, motifs, indulgences, sort of Snyderisms that he puts in, and a lot of them rub me. And I think other folks the wrong way. Yeah. Like there's a very like kind of. Ayn Randy will to power 
philosophy behind a lot of what he does where like it's these super beans who were like going in slow-mo shots across the screen with like no particular um you know attention paid to whether it makes any sense and um (laughs) you know just like a a lot of testosterone in the movies a lot (laughs) of um and not much in the way of like nuance it's very like gods among us which i do think is sort of insidious like as a whole philosophy like the person seems seems great he really does i i I think there's some weird stuff in his work and that's always my issue with him and i'll be honest like that article was talking about like i was watched and it was and it was bad and it was bad and and that is how studios operate like that they want to get like this these boxes checked yeah but look the prospect of handing Zack Snyder unfettered power to make a four-hour movie, I don't know if that's terribly appetizing either. <laughs> I mean, he's not one for... Sl- Didn't he just put out a picture of the Joker dressed like Jesus and a crown of thorns in... That, um, I think Like, so. from the movie? Yeah. I think... Like, yeah, you're nice. That in, yeah. Great. That's super. You're, you're a wonderful <laughs> guy. Um, that doesn't make that image any less of, like, a red flag that yeah. ooh, we may be getting into um deep dense symbolism i can see this being um the snyder cut like a towering ambitious like monument to things you wish someone had said in the room maybe rethink that <laughs> um but again we won't know so but in answer to your question like no i, I do not think it's a reason to not criticize his movies and I commend him for his decency, though. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it, it's it's important to be a good person. It's, it, it's I'm glad he's running a good set. It's mm-hmm. better than Joss Whedon, whose work oh, yeah. I do like, but apparently he's a terrible person on set. So, like, yeah, I'd rather have Zack Snyder working in the business than him. But um, th- there is the separation of... It, it's kind of like the opposite, right? Where we're always like, how do you separate the art from the artist? Usually that's right. in relation to a thing where you like the work, but you don't like the artist. Right. It's like the opposite here. It's like, I yeah. think the artist seems great, but I'm not a huge fan of the work. Yeah. And there's there's moments where, and maybe it's me because I'm usually really like sympathetic and sometimes empathetic. And I really, I really get kind of like emotional and thinking about the people. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, I do have to pull myself away from that and, you know, say, well, you can't get too emotionally attached in all of this. Um, and so I had one thing where he was like, okay, he did make a point where he was like Warner mm-hmm. Brothers was asking him to have like six superheroes or something and throw it all. And I think they said they wanted like two hours max. Um, and he was kind of like, you know, how am I supposed to do this in two hours? And yeah, that's a huge task. But then looking at some of the decisions he wanted to make, um, like one they talked about in particular <laughs> was a romance or some sort of budding romance between Batman mm-hmm. and Lois Lane. Um, and I was like, Okay, I that no, I, I definitely didn't agree with, and I I real I could see where you know his his brain was was clicking with, and his whole justification for that was like you know, um, Superman is off world or doing whatever he's doing or dead. He's dead, right? <laughs> so yes. to speak. And so Lois Lane is kind of grieving, and Batman is lonely. He has really nobody. And so they were supposed to come together as, you know, these two two lonely people and kind of be, I think Batman was supposed to tell Alfred, like, you know, I've never felt anything in my entire life. And now here comes Lois Lane. 
So I'm like, that just seems like a necessary drama and a necessary plot point that, you know, is, is already convoluting the, the plot. As well as he also tried to have a romance between the Flash and um, his character Iris, which he yeah. says he's just completely bringing back into his cut of the movie since it got cut out of the original work. His four-hour cut of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was quite funny that, you know, the the article started with, it's, it says, like, Zack Snyder has never seen Justice League. You know, he left his name off of it. He only kind right. of added a writing credit. And, you know, apparently it was so, you know god awful the final result that it was like christopher nolan and his wife watched the film and they came to him they were like you can't watch this movie it's like oh how christopher nolan that's another one yeah yeah they're they're kind of one of a you know two peas in a pod um yeah so i guess this whole piece has left me conflicted because like i said i get emotionally attached and i'm like well should i you know cut him a little slack should I, you know, he he really wanted to have this vision be brought to life. And he made a good point. Like, he hired, um, he brought on Jason Momoa as Aquaman, you know. Like he said, um, right. you know, from this whole other culture. And you're usually not used to seeing Aquaman like that. And he brought on Gal Gadot. And I'm like, yeah, there's that. But then there's everything else. <laughs> and there's Martha. I mean, yeah, I I, I feel like... There's this narrative that's that's been going on for a long time since the say like release release the Snyder Cut movement, where he's gonna turn in some masterpiece, and like, I just I just don't see it. Like, maybe it will be it, but traditionally, when you give someone who's already prone to indulging in their particular fancies just unfettered power to do whatever, like that's. That's a recipe for like a Hindenburg style movie. Like that is um that's Wonder Woman 1984 where like <laughs> like maybe it should have been 2 hours. Maybe you should have cut some stuff cuz that was yeah. boring. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess I I I I I just back to the point where um I have no doubt he's very nice. I mean, I feel like he's he's being framed as some kind of um living superhero. Where mm. really he seems like just a, a decent person that you want around, but yeah. I, I don't think that has any bearing at all on whether he's going to produce a movie I'm going yeah. to want to watch. There's two, there's two interesting things. One, um, one more thing was that um, originally when Warner Brothers was kind of ready to cave and say, okay, we'll do you know the Snyder Cut thing. Um, what they had suggested was just taking all the footage that he had on his hard drive <laughs> and kind of just releasing it and being like, mm-hmm. all right, folks, here's the raw and edited footage. And I was like, come on, guy. <laughs> it's just, that's just, to me, that kind of shows on both sides that there's like, there's still really no kind of understanding of, of how this should work. Um, and even, even Zach was like, Hey guys, you know, I may, I would just prefer this whole thing to be, you know, a myth or like a mystery than to release it and it's unedited and, you know, and and people are just like, yeah, this is just a piece of crap. There's no way (laughs) this should have been released. Um, so I am happy that they, he went ahead and just put in his own time to edit this and make it look presentable. Like his own time and $75 million of Warner Brothers money. I mean, (laughs) let's not go nuts here. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So that was just one thing. It is going to be released in uh, the 4-3 aspect ratio, which, you know, like the little boxy. And his justification was that so it, you know, someday it can be released in IMAX and you can, I was like, oh, come on. Okay. Well, that's, that's... <laughs> yeah. So that was just another thing. We'll but you'll be watching it on your widescreen TV as if it were an old timey movie. So that's, that's one detail. Um, but then finally, my favorite quote from this whole thing was just kind of talking about how Joss Whedon had came in and you think it's going to be all fine and rosy. And then he, you know, kind of blunders everything up. Um, so this is a quote from the piece that says, worst of all for Warner brothers, Whedon didn't exactly save the movie. Um, the quote goes, when we got to see what Joss actually did, it was stupefying, says a studio executive who requested anonymity. <laughs> the robber did. on the rooftop, so goofy and awful. The Russian family, so useless and pointless. Everyone knew it. It was so awkward because no one wanted to admit it what a piece of shit it was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, this is, it really is a truly wild story. And I'm kind of. I think it's more exciting to hear the kind of oral history of this versus even just seeing the movie itself. It has truly, truly been a wild ride. Sure. And I mean, like you, I recall, you said that you more or less enjoyed the movie, the original one. Um, I don't know if I can say enjoyed. I think it was just a movie that I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm watching this. You know, I don't. Is it awful? Sure. I don't know. But yeah, it. I was like, it was and just I had to okay. watch it, by the way, just yeah. for... <laughs> oh, lucky you. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I to know, me, it was just okay. Definitely could have been better. Um, but I think I'm still with you in saying four hours, I think A is overkill. And then B, I just don't know in the end how much of a difference it will make. But, you know, at least but he we seemed don't like know. a nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy, Zack Snyder, though. He could be my, I don't know, he could be like my, he's like 54. I was like, oh, he's could be my parent. <laughs> so. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little he fun could be my fact. parent if he, yeah. if he had kids young. <laughs> um, I think that quote's in bad taste. That feels like kicking someone when they're down and you know they can't really kick back. Like With Whedon? The anonymous Joss Whedon quote. I mean, look, Ooh. anybody who gets called in to... <laughs> A movie that is like three quarters of the way being shot under a studio known for, um, you know, having demands like like, no, you're not going to produce something that's like coherent. Of course not. Like it's never going to happen. Like, I, I feel like a lot of this is like trying to boil down the problems and the solutions to simple, simple things that it's just not the case. You're working with yeah. tens of millions of dollars here in huge studios like they have demands. If it seems like Warner Brothers is the one who messed it up the most, um, just with just you know the 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 system they work in, yeah. it's unavoidable. Especially when, unless you're Disney, where you've like managed to figure out this perfect middle path through everything, yeah. where um, where there are all these competing demands on it. Like yeah, that shows up in the final product. It just does. Um, and I don't know. Maybe the final thing will be a work of genius. Maybe it will be. The Magnificent Ambersons found again, brought to life, and on all its old timey glory, it's as good as we all said it was. Oh, man. I yeah. doubt it. But we'll see on March 18th. Yeah. yeah. I've got a great transition, though, if we want to move into the next topic. Because I was reading, I, I told you last week or whenever we were talking about this, I forgot. I remembered that it was like Ragnarok had come out and Justice League had come out around the same time. Vanity Fair also pointed out, because Justice League was supposed to be like their Avengers. Six months later, <laughs> Infinity was. War came out and completely six months later, out huh? Of the water. 
I was like, wow, they're, you know, really down in their luck. And like I said, now both Falcon and the Winter Soldier in this are coming out at the same time. So it's going to be a fight to see who wins. And um, I am excited to talk about some more Disney Plus stuff, though, right about now. Yeah. WandaVision is um, still a moving on. We got two episodes left, I believe. This was the seventh, I think. Yeah. Uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall, what it was called. All TV related. Very fun. All right. Um, yeah, but let, let's chat about WandaVision a bit. Because to me, I thought this episode was where a few of the things I'd been fearing started to look like they were going to come true. Remember last week when I said my biggest fear about WandaVision was that they were going to pull some punches and make it so Wanda wasn't fully responsible for what's going on? Because mm-hmm. to me, the most... There have been two hugely daring things they've done. First is the format, you know, throwing us yeah. the deep end of the sitcom stuff and not telling us what's going on. Really, really daring, really, really cool. Like, not always successful. Like, I didn't really laugh at a lot of jokes, like, especially as it went on. Some of them I did, but like, <laughs> really? not all of them. But I, I did really appreciate the ambition and the difference. And I liked being just kind of going with the flow and see what happened. The other daring thing was they were turning like the title character into the villain. She is literally yeah. torturing people 24-7. Like that one scene where in the office where um, Vision's office mate, you know, got released and he was like, ah, 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 help yeah. me, help me, make her stop. And it's like, oh, my God, he's in pain all the time. Yeah. And like, that's the whole town, like thousands of people like that's bad. This is war crime stuff. And I'm like, that's really daring and ballsy to make your hero do these things. And now and now we get to the spoiler bits. So the big takeaway from this episode was that to quote um, the the best part by far, it was Agatha (laughs) all along. Oh, which They introduced that in that song, which was uh-huh. great. Don't oh, get me yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, that was great. Like, that's been in my head since Friday, and I'm not mad about it. Um, but the whole idea of bringing in, of making Agnes the nosy neighbor is actually Agatha Harkness, who's, I believe, a Marvel character from something or other. Um, and she's a witchy magic lady, and she's been pulling the strings, or we're not really sure what exactly she's been doing yet yeah. on the cliffhanger. But... I, th- I see one of two things happening here. Either she really is behind stuff and they're going to absolve one responsibility or at least some of it. And I think that's lame because I think that's pulling back from the most intriguing thing you have here. Or she's a red herring, in which case you're wasting time. And yeah. like this episode was literally like, remember that bit where like Vision and uh, Darcy are like in the the truck or the bus, and they're like uh-huh. stalled at the at the road, which was funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. But like the episode, it's almost making fun of itself. Like you're literally stalling the stuff we want to see. We want to see a <laughs> WandaVision confrontation, and you don't give it to us. Instead, you have a whole subplot about being stalled, and then we can't see it. So <laughs> it's either pulling punches or it's wasting time. I did. I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, I would say this to me wasn't the strongest episode, even though I also felt that way about episode three. And not to say I didn't enjoy it. It was still kind of I was hanging on at every turn. And I especially I've I've really been a fan of how they 
stylize each episode with every genre and i was like how can you take it i was like how can you step it up since you know the last one was the early 2000s i was like but what you know it's characteristic of this kind of 2010 2020s and i was like oh you know this um modern family ish that kind of sitcom maybe like a curb your enthusiasm sort of thing um and the office a bit that intro was definitely like the office with like the different flashes i was was so excited yeah when i heard that um and i saw it but yeah the part about agatha was both a welcome twist but then it's like the more i thought about it it was also kind of going against the whole thing i said this last week where i was like if Mephisto, who, you know, everyone was like, oh, is he the villain and all this? I was like, if they make that a reality, then they're letting Wanda off the hook um, and, and you know, building up this potentially really bold and brave narrative that you can be telling that we've never seen before. You know, what happens? Yeah. We have to put, you know, hold a superhero like super duper accountable for what they're doing. I would have been impressed. And it's, yeah. And it's like the Agatha thing is really... If it is, I think that it's the final kind of twist. Like you said, we've got two more episodes. So I think that we've kind of reached the conclusion of what's going on, maybe aside from, um, you know, what her motivation is. Um, So to me, that's what's kind of on the hook. And I think, okay, if they give her a good enough reason to say, you know, here's why I'm doing all of this. I feel like the only thing that comes to mind is kind of the Zemo thing where it was like, uh, I was snapped away or vision, you know, maybe, well, she couldn't have been snapped away and pulled this whole thing off oh, in the course right. of a little bit amount of time, possibly. Um, but I don't know you how know, witches once, work. Yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> so many different ways, but um, if it's like a personal vendetta against, I'm kind of like, Ooh, is this, you know, is this another great reason for her having, I guess it's always personal. It's never not personal. Except for Thanos. It wasn't personal for him. He just wanted, you know, to to help the world oh, with less yeah. people. <laughs> he 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 done read a philosophy book and yeah. he had an idea about tragedy of the commons and he had some thoughts. Yeah. He, so. he, he read some Nietzsche and he was like, I gotta do this. <laughs> um I mean, my issue with a bunch of Marvel things is that they have a habit of being good, not great. Like they have a habit of they, I said this before, like, it's almost like they're not allowed to be too good because mm-hmm. being really, really good means you have, like, a conclusion that says something uh-huh. and you're going to take something all the way. But with Marvel or with any giant franchise, you have to bring it back to zero because these people yeah. have to have more adventures. They have to have more TV shows and more movies, and they have to be able to sell those to us. So there is a thing where, like, like the ending ending of Infinity War was, Mm -hmm. like, shocking. I was in the theater. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, there was part of me that was like, you know, they're going to bring them all back. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this can't last because that's how comics work. Like. Nothing ever lasts, which yeah. I do think in the end hobbles the stories a bit because, you know, they have to go on. You know that finality is impossible. And so part of me always knew they would pull their punch with Wanda because they can't actually hold her accountable because then they couldn't keep using her in the MCU. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's still kind of a 
baby Avenger. At least now that she has the spotlight on her, people are going to be like, well, of course we want more. Why would we not want more after we just got to know her, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I I am definitely excited for the next two episodes. I, I of course, want to see how it concludes, um, how it ties into what or else they're trying to tie sure. it into. If it's Even if it's going to have a definitive ending or if it's going to be one of those things where it's like, well, I guess we'll have to wait till Doctor Strange or something like that. and. Which apparently um, it goes right into, according to Kevin Feige today, that there won't be a season well, two of WandaVision, but it does lead right into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, how much are they going to wrap up? And then how much of a cliffhanger are they going to have to leave for us to, you know, go into the whole Doctor Strange thing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, But I mean, it, it's it, it's still good. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, Marvel is, is never really bad because it, it's so well kind of like this well-oiled machine sort of thing going on Mm -hmm. like they can't be bad but they also can't be like super super great and some and and don't get me wrong like 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 some reach higher than others like black Uh panther's one that's like okay okay you 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 tried something there but in in the long run i i i I would love wandavision to be great but i'm I'm afraid it's only going to be good yeah yeah we shall see. see we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier, March 19th. Um, they announced today Loki series is coming out on yeah. June 11th. Um, it's a whole which, year of nothing yeah. but Marvel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> basically, yes. Yeah, somebody posted on Reddit and they were like, basically almost every week of this year from start to finish, we'll be getting Marvel content. And um, Mad geniuses. Yeah. I cannot complain. The Loki series is kind of like an early birthday present sure. for me in June. So I'm like, That'll yeah. That'll be fun. Um, and Spider-Man, they just announced the um, the new title for that, no which home. is Spider-Man No Way Home, no which way. to me, ominous. I, n- yeah. Oh, true. It wasn't as it wasn't super clever, but, you know, everything else was kind of trademark and copyrighted that all the fans had come up with, you know, like Spider-Man Go Home or what was it like the E.T. one they had made fun of or No Place Like Phone Home. home? Yeah, phone home, right. <laughs> so I don't know, like I was impressed that it was like I had honestly never heard it before. Uh-huh. And um yeah, like I I hadn't heard anything come up with that one. So like yeah. frankly that impressed me and it was still pretty simple. It does, yeah, it does intrigue me and it, it makes me wonder someone had suggested that like, oh, is phase four all about like the multiverse and you know, we've like no way home. What does that mean? <laughs> like, why yeah. can't you get home? Where are you? Are you stranded in some uh, other dimension or something? Who, who knows? Yes, yeah. and it will all, all be part of the of the year, the nonstop year of Marvel. Oh, yes. are you watching anything else? Um, funny enough, I started doing a I call it a hate watch of no. the crew on Netflix, starring Kevin James. What a lovely ten episode hmm. sitcom. It's about him and he's working as a like pit he's in a pit stop crew for a NASCAR driver. Okay. Um and it sounds kind of dumb and I was like I watched the first two episodes cuz my brother told me he watched the whole thing and then I actually really got into it so I'm watching the f- uh final episode tonight. I think it ends on a cliffhanger cool. um and I might like legitimately be invested in the sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so it's a comedy? Not a yeah, drama or whatever. Comedy. The crew, the crew uh, on streaming Netflix. on Netflix. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Um I'm I'm watching my shows. I'm watching my Letter Kenny. I'm still doing that. Um I finished up that Lady Middle documentary. 
there's a Tina Turner documentary coming to HBO Max. I definitely want to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They are really killing it with documentaries, by the way, on HBO Max. Like, there's a lot of good ones, and they have a lot of good ones coming pretty frequently. I'm also tempted. This is my first time that I've considered maybe thinking about Apple TV Plus because that for <laughs> all mankind show looks kind of cool. Are you aware of this? It's for like all mankind, yeah, yeah. The show that's set like during or I guess after the space race between like the Americans and the Soviets, but yeah, like in an alternate history where it never ended and it kept going on. I might like reach that out to me, to... like ooh. Like, that sounds kind of interesting. It does, yeah. I was going to say, you might maybe want to reach out to Apple, because they're always, uh, Apple TV, they're always in my inbox about that stuff. Um, and they have plentiful screeners for people who want to view it. And they have lots of interviews, too. So if that's ever of interest on um, WIC, they might come through or at some point. Um, but yeah, that's kind of cool. We've got Jen is asking... Um, is Amber Heard replaced an Aquaman with Amelia Clark? <laughs> Not <laughs> yet, a picture. Jen, yeah, they um, Amber Heard was in this Vanity Fair article, like one of her headshots, and I was like, oh, we're still going with that. I okay. <laughs> I watched her in the stand, which really petered out. By the way, like that oh, really? kind of started out fine and got a little better, and then like ended like <laughs> that wasn't wasn't a super hit. Um, but she was in that. Good for her. Um, <laughs> oh, also I saw... Uh, Janet. Oh. You saw Tina in concert? I'm jealous. I'd kill to do that. That'd be great. <laughs> My grandma's got this like um, Tina Turner DVD and we would watch it all the time. That's like her favorite artist. Um, but yeah, the last thing I watched was Judas and the Black Messiah with oh, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stan. Oh. oh my goodness. I, I was like, I could watch that back to back to back it was really great both the performances really? were outstanding um and it, it was just a great work of cinema i'm usually not that type of person where it's like oh this is you know so beautiful and the music is elegant <laughs> yeah. and the cinematography but this was one of those movies where i have to make that exception and everything was just superb and you know supposed to take place in chicago it's a little black history lesson um so i definitely give that my it's two thumbs up which is remarkable <laughs> I will watch it this weekend because I've been meaning to watch oh, yeah. it. And um, let's wait for recommendations. That's a good idea. Um, Christian asked, what's going, on, what's going on with the WIC app? Um, I will look into it, Christian. I wasn't aware if it was um, malfunctioning, but I will look at um, it. Yeah, we do have some migration going on. A couple of the fan-sided network apps are going away. And I don't know the full story on it. They might be folded into some other apps. So might be a possibility with the Winters coming up. I'll look into it and get back and, and make sure we have the skinny. Um, other than that, if you guys are watching anything, let us know in very soon. Oh, the private dancer tour and then Glenn Frey. Oh, the private dancer tour. That's <laughs> I don't think she tours anymore, so I think I'm out of luck. I saw, I'm like, my taste in music is like, I like old, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I saw Paul McCartney live a couple of years ago, and that was oh, great. Wow. But like all the people I want to see live are like near the end of their lives. It's weird. Um, yeah, I've seen the Stones. We were going to see Paul McCartney when he was at like Wrigley or something like that. Um, I think Elton John too passed it I saw over. Him in and Vegas. I, I I totally regret that old man. <laughs> <laughs> all all right. right. Well, well, we'll talk more about all of these things: um, television, movies books possibly classic rock um <laughs> next week on 
Take the Black Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Windows Screen Facebook page. Also available on um, iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. And apparently the Wix app might be going away. Um, we will clear that up and uh, make sure we have the information we need. Other than that, see you all uh, next week. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.